On today's Patriot Nation podcast, the Patriots keep losing close games. The Red Sox are on the verge of elimination. Our pets' heads are falling off. But fear not, because it's Jets week. I mean, nothing beats a slump like the Jets. We're going to talk, obviously, Jets. We'll talk a little bit of the fallout from uh, from the Cowboys. It's an old-school Pat Lane, Ryan Spagnoli, Keegan Stiefel special coming at you. Stick around, because it's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's was uh well first of all Keegan I mean I know you're the biggest Red Sox fan in here it looked two days ago it looked like the Red Sox were going to the World Series you said yesterday on the timeline you were buying your Red Sox tickets and here we are I mean it's tough right like I don't want to delve into it too much there's still two games you know we've seen the Red Sox do crazier things but like I I was the highest I've ever been in sports two nights ago I was at the game it was like an unreal night and now I'm I'm pretty close to the lowest just the Red Sox are my team like you knew you knew things were going south when you were like the Sox are up 2-1 the Braves are up 2-0 they're winning leading up to game was it yesterday was leading up to game four the Braves are up 5-2 then the yeah. Dodgers came back. I said that that series is done. Like they'll probably win. It. I think they're losing now, uh, two nothing. But they'll come back. Like I'm not worried. Yeah. It was like wow. The Red Sox are gonna make it to the World Series and avoid the Dodgers. <laughs> and then the Dodgers come back with a Bellinger big time homer. It only took him six months to get going. And the Sox are now down three two. I watched. Um, I watched probably 140 games <laughs> during the season, and plus every playoff game. And I'm. You know what's funny? If if it does go to seven, guess who works like directly same exact time? This oh, guy. Oh so no! It's just a nightmare whole scenario for me. Yeah, <laughs> tough. I mean, that's it's one of those things for me where like I I am as casual of a casual baseball fan you will ever find. I am a super casual baseball fan. I enjoy baseball at, at times. I really like playoff baseball, um, but you know I'm not. I'm just not a huge baseball guy. So I, I follow the team here and there. Obviously, I want them to do well. I'm a Red Sox fan. Like, grew up a Red Sox fan. Everyone's a Red Sox fan. But, like, you know, I just – I don't know. But then it, you get sucked in. The playoffs come, and you're like, oh, and it becomes your team again. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know these guys. I followed it during spring training, I remember. So it's like – it's cool to root them on. And they were as hot as any team I have ever seen in my – I've never seen a team get as hot as they did. And I, I was talking at school with, you know, with a few of my coworkers, and I'm like, listen – this is great, and they look like they could win the World Series. But, like, you're super hot, but as soon as you cool off, like, they are not – they're 
a worse team than the Yankees. They were a worse team than the Rays. They were a worse team. Like if it le- ever levels off, it's over. Like they don't, they can't compete with these other teams. And you're seeing that now where the Astros are playing better. The Red Sox aren't as hot as they were and they're get they got smoked the last two games. So it's like, you know, that's it. it it's, it's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't um, not, so, I was going to say that the only good thing about the, what the Red Sox were doing the last three days is it was kind of a distraction from, how bad that game was Sunday. Which, great point. Before you know, we get into like, before we get into this, the baseball equivalent of the Jets. Ask John, what do we think? <laughs> the baseball equivalent of the Jets. What do you think, Keegan? Jets. It's got to be some Mets. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, which is the, the worst? Marlins. The Jets. Yeah, the Marlins. But the Marlins have, been have pretty won. Bad. I mean, they right. won it no three. You're right. So <clears throat> even though they tear it down after they win, they still win. Right. They still have good team. They still have good players right. and stuff. The Mets are just, just horrible all the time and the worst part about that is that people that are Mets fans are typically Jets fans so like right. you're talking about like the most cursed fan base of all time uh they have like we we just murdered Spags like major league transition he had us ready to go oh it was good we, it was too. great and we just yeah, was, we just it, absolutely it really crushed good. it Thanks, all right guys, Keegan uh, Spags start over again as if I didn't just interrupt you Red Sox Red Sox something <laughs> there you go no I was saying like the only good thing about you know, the, the Red Sox the last, I don't know, week or so um, was just how well the Sox are playing, especially the last three nights um, and the last, you know, two games prior to the last, uh, whatever I'm trying to say. But the Grand Slams are just awesome, right? Like it gave us something to yeah. look forward to. Sunday was, was rough, man. I mean, you know, I think the offense is, is getting there. I think they're playing good, right? They're They're improving each week. Um, you're starting to see a little bit more shots and um, get the, get the receivers going, right? Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, they, they, you know, they're getting more comfortable as the week goes on. And they were so close. I talked about it with Ryan and Brian last week, uh, yesterday. They played like almost their most complete game of the season and still lost, right? They probably played like three and a half quarters, right? The offense played three and a half quarters. The defense played like three. And I don't think the defense played that bad. I think it's the the you know the I don't, the personnel a little bit. I think the play calling and, and what they're scheming up was an issue down the stretch. But I mean, everyone likes to throw out the facts, right? The most yards. I mean, they're out there for what, what was it like ninety one plays or something? How long were they out there? Ninety four plays, plays. I think the ninety four, right? So something crazy. like that. And they held Dallas to their season low in points, yards, everything. So it just it, it's. It really starts with with the offense. I would like to say I think this is a get right game. Not to segue into the Jets, I obviously do want to hear your thoughts on Dallas, but like, can we can we start pushing the ball downfield? Can we start taking some chances? Like the the Bucks game, you got a free pass, right? Everyone was like, okay, I understand it. There was no reason to 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 kick the ball, especially how bad your punt unit's been this year. Jake Bailey's been. What happened to him? Nice punt, dude. That ball's on the twenty yard line. They got to go forty yards. Game over. Yeah, I mean, like overall, I throughout the, this week we've heard people talk about it. Like we haven't gotten the chance to talk to each other about it, but people are trying to make sense of it. And I don't really think you can make sense of the record, you know, accurately. Like you can you can come up with stuff, but I the the one thing that I come back to is for twenty years we didn't we could always make sense of what was happening, and now we can't. Which is that's life for some NFL fan bases and teams is like sometimes shit happens and you lose a couple games that you probably shouldn't have lost. And 
is it totally out of your control? No. Like there were things you could have done, but right. Shit happens. You lose a couple games and then you have to make them up on the back end. We didn't really have to deal with that for a long time. And now we do. And it's like, somebody makes sense of it. Like what's going on. And it's just, you can't explain what's going on. It's just kind of like they're, they're in a, a ruckus or whatever the word is like they're in a funk. And, uh, but the, the best, you know, way to put that is like, they need to put it all together. They need to play a complete football game. And they haven't, like you said, I mean, the special teams unit, that's the Patriots, you know, specialty is that they'll always beat you on special teams. They've been terrible and they've got 10 roster spots dedicated to special teamers. So it's like, what the hell's going on is really what I keep coming back to. Like, I don't know what's going on. Well, and that's the thing, right? Jelani Tavai gets the, gets the activation instead of Miles Bryant. Probably could use another. Signed. Yeah, signed probably, to the 53. That's what I mean. Probably probably going to use another D-back. Meanwhile, Jelani Tavai gives up a, a punt block. Now, that ended up netting them no points because of the fumble at the goal line. But, like, you know, so obviously, and listen, I have an article coming out tomorrow on Pat's Pulpit about, you know, them not being aggressive and, and the conservative play calling. And not really play calling. The conservative decision-making really is what I would how I would phrase it. After that fumble at the goal line, they have the ball with 90 seconds left. Now, they get no timeouts, and they get the ball at the second half. But, like, do something. Don't just take a knee. That's just that's dumb. Now, I know they ran it up. The idea was you run it up the middle. If you pick up eight or nine yards, then you then you move. I get that. So I don't hate that necessarily. But, like, I don't know. Run it on second down, too, and just see what you get. Like, you never you're, know. You're playing, you know? Like, you're playing the number one scoring team in the league. And right. you're up by – were they were they up by – Four at half or, or up by one? What was the score? They were up by four at half. 14 uh, 10 or they seven? Were, they were up by four at half. Yep. It was 14 10. So, like, you don't want to try to, try to, right. You know, like, you're getting the ball at half anyways. Try to go two for one there. And so, so I, I just don't understand it, man. It's, it's, I understand he's a rookie and right, like, leading up to his, him playing, we all were on the same page of, you know, let's, you don't want him to run around and be crazy like you see some of these other guys doing and they get erratic. But right. you also don't want to coddle him and, and put him on the training wheels and don't expose him to tough situations. Like he's he's shown he can handle it. I think he's this his IQ in between the ears, he's the best one in this draft. Like there's no I don't think anybody questioned that, right? He's yeah. not the most talented, but between the ears, situational type football, that's his bread and butter. And you don't I think there's just little testing. That's what's so annoying about that. it. Cause like that that's his thing. That's who Mac Jones is. He's He's smart. He's going to take care of the football. We people hate the term, but right now, as a 22 year old and is he's heading into a seventh game, he's a game manager. So right. why, are, like, that's his thing. He can take care of the football and not make the mistakes. So why are you shying away from that when that's his? That's the only thing that he does very well right now. I right. have confidence that, like, the only thing that he excels at is taking care of the football, being smart, making the right decisions. And you're going to take that away from him? Then what is he? Then he's a net negative if you're doing that. If you're taking his ability to take care of the football away, then what's the point? Yeah, 100%. And John, so John's talking about the middle eight uh, as well, which is, for those of you that don't know, is the, the, the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half, right? So you defer, the whole reason you defer is to get that extra drive in. So if you can get it, and I used to call it the Brady special because Brady used to do it all the time. Actually, I called it the Brady parlay is what I used to call it, which didn't really make any sense, but that's why I called it anyway. And uh, and it was like, you know, score at the end of the half, you get the ball at the, to start the second half, you score at the second half, and now all of a sudden there's a 10 to 14 point swing, right? And it's like the game's now all of a sudden over, you know? So like 
at least take a shot there. But the conservative decision-making for me, okay, there there are five instances of it in, in those two games, the Tampa game and then the, and then back in the Dallas game. The Tampa game, you have fourth and two at the Tampa 44. You're in Tampa's territory at the 44-yard line right at the end of the first half. You're up seven to three. You don't go for it. You take a five-yard penalty, delay game, intentional delay game, and you punt it back to Tampa. And you know, everyone in the world knew it was going to happen. You knew Brady was going to drive down and score. He drove down and kicked the field goal. How many? Oh, you lost by two. Oh, that's right. Oh, that those three points might have been nice. Okay. So then at the end of the game, you attempt a 56-yard field goal in the pouring rain. It was fourth and three. Okay. It was fourth and three in that situation. And this is my this is my issue. It's Nick Folk. First of all, that was his career long. Would have tied his career long. But my biggest issue with this, the, the issue that I have the most is that Tampa had two timeouts left. There was a minute left to go in the game. If you don't think that Tom Brady with that offense is going to drive them down into field goal range in the last minute with two timeouts, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Even if you hit the field goal, you're still going to lose the game. So, you know, kicking there was stupid. Stupid. And so that's twice in the Tampa game. I, I think you lose that game because of that. Three times, three times in the Dallas game, you have the ball fourth and two at the 50-yard line early in the third quarter. You punt. Dallas goes 91 yards for a touchdown. Takes the lead on you. Then you have the ball. The next possession, you have the ball fourth and four at your own 46-yard line. You punt again. Now, that one I can at least kind of understand. It's fourth and four. It's kind of long. Fine. You punt it away. Dallas kicks a field goal. Now, it was 14-10. Now, it's 20-14. You're down. Then you get the ball in overtime. Your defense, and we mentioned it, the defense gassed. They played a billion plays, right? They played ninety. They played 94 plays, you said? So, they had played 87 to that point. So, they had been on the field for 87 plays. The game's over. Dallas gets the ball. Game's over. So, like... And especially where you started with the ball in overtime. All they need is a field goal. By the way, Dallas had one one drive on Sunday of less than 40 yards. One. So even if you kick it back to them, they're almost guaranteed to get in a field goal range. It doesn't make any sense. Why are we punching it back to them? Make, so you're fourth and three, you're on 46. And Bill's talked about it after the game. He said, well, if we don't get it, the game's pretty much over. And he was right. But I think everybody watching, anybody that was there, Anybody that was watching at home knew when they lined up to punt it, the game was over. They couldn't stop Dallas. They didn't have the horses to do it. And Dallas was killing them the entire game offensively. And again, if Dallas doesn't turn the ball over twice in the red zone, the Patriots get killed on Sunday, right? And so, you know, for me, they get 50 pieced if they do that. Exactly. And and the other thing, too, is the the defense, like, not to harp so much on the defense, but I thought they played well. They're, They're so. I don't know what it is with the younger guys and why they don't play them, but they they looks just they look so slow. I don't think anybody can make a play besides Matthew Judon. And like, I think J.C. Jackson's been fine this year. Like people, you know, will will complain about right. Like he's not going to do what he did last year. He was a number two. People, you had Stephon Gilmore on the other side, and he's not going to be Stephon Gilmore. But I think he can be a solid cornerback one. The problem is around him. Like, I love Devin McCourty. Jason, uh, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, like these guys are great players. They're great Patriots, but there's just a step too slow now. Like I, I don't, you play these teams like Dallas and like, you know, you don't play Kansas city this year, but just them or Baltimore, 
these high powered, like well-oiled machine offenses, offenses that are just throwing all over the place and running the ball down your throat. I don't think you have the defense or the, or the personnel on the field to be able to compete with a team like that. And you saw it on Sunday, right? Like, I, I don't think they played necessarily bad, but you, like I said, Dallas doesn't turn the ball over twice. You get 50 pieced on your own turf. Right. So uh, that that's the other thing, but I, I mean, just tough week. Like really, it just was, I can't remember that loss. Just gut punch. That was a tough one. Yeah. I mean, talking about the defense and the young guys, like there are four in my mind, like the four young defenders, it's Uche, Uche. Duggar, even Winovich, like, and Williams. Hurt, but... So like, those are the four, right? They've never given until maybe three weeks ago. They never gave Joan Williams a chance to even play. Chase Winovich can, he's never been given the opportunity to, you know, upgrade from the third down sub rush role. Josh Uche, I mean, that guy's probably the best athlete you have on your defense, other than Duggar, like probably the best athlete you have on your defense, and you don't play him. He plays, um, I think this week it was 27% of the snaps, which is not enough. And then Duggar, the one guy who has been afforded the opportunity, like last year, his his second game, um, he, he was inactive week one comes in week two and plays 50% of the snaps in his first NFL game and played great. So you gave him the opportunity and he's shined. He's been phenomenal. So you could say cause and effect, right? You can go the other way and say he got the opportunity because he was ready, but especially going back to last year and coming into this year, you're two and four. Now, if you're not going to start playing these young guys, then what's even the point of playing these games? Like you're not developing anybody. You're still getting blown out because you're playing a bunch of old guys. Like, I, I don't understand the decision-making really at any level from in-game decision-making, roster decision-making, you know, lineups, all that stuff, sub-packages. It it all looks ass-backwards to me. Yeah. I, I mean, so well put, you know, like at a certain point, and listen, somebody said, I think John who today said, like, we're not, we know we're not a two and four team, right? right. Which, which is fine for them to say, but Bill Parcells used to say, you are what you are. You're two and four. That's it. You're two and four for a reason. And, and you know, and I think the Patriots can play with anyone. I agree with that. They can play with anyone. They can't beat anyone, but they can play with anyone. Whereas a team like the Chargers can beat anyone, right? Like there's a big difference between being able to play with everyone and being able to make enough plays to actually beat those teams, right? So they can do enough. The problem is that, you know, we have to get away from this from this conservative coaching style, right? From this, let's play the veterans so they don't make stupid mistakes. Let's, you know, not go for it on fourth down. Let's not push the ball down the field. Let's, you know, try to limit mistakes as much as we can. That's fine. But you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. We know this. Everyone knows this. Like, just like you said, Keith, give the young guys a shot, man, because you're never going to know. They're You're right. never going to find That's out the if point. they can play or not. And Joe Juan Williams... We're at the point right now. I think it's pretty clear. He can't play. Okay. KP. I know what you're saying, right? Like this was a big opportunity for him this year, but like he's not the best example, but like the last two years, like he didn't, he wasn't even given. That, an that was the point. And I know Up until he, three right, weeks ago, he never got the chance. Right. But, and I understand the whole, the whole practice and right. Like they, they're with them every day. Like they know way more than us, but I think it's pretty clear. Like Kyle Van Noyes, what did he play? Like, I'm off going off the top of my head, but I want to say at 60. least it was, it was around 60%. I was going to say at least 60, 65% of snaps. Josh Uche still can't crack over like 30. Like what, yeah. what are we doing? You know what I mean? I, like, I said it last week, get him off the field. What the hell is he doing on the field? 
What does I, he I don't bring? mind him playing in certain but what packages, is he... but he's just he's so spent, man. Like this is the problem when you play these. Like the Chargers will do the same thing to you if you don't make any personnel adjustments in two weeks. Right. Like the Jets are fine. They'll they'll probably score ten points because they'll just outsmart them. Right. You play even like a team like Indy. Like, I, can yeah. you beat them with that personnel in the field? I mean, that's I mean, the problem. A... You know. Go ahead. Right. No, no, go well, ahead. I was just gonna say, here's the thing with like KVN is. I don't think they're playing him at the right times. Like he's he's a good run defender still. I mean he's Uche can't defend the run. We've talked about it. I mean we, I talked about the video two weeks ago. I tweeted. I was like, why isn't Uche on the field? And then immediately he gets buried in the run game and gets pulled off the field. Like we know he can't play the run, but why is Kyle Van Noy out there covering running backs? Right. Like a thirty-one year old Kyle Van Noy over a twenty-three year old stud athlete who like you won't even let him sniff the field. You won't even let him get up off the bench. He's stapled to it. So. That's another one of the things where it's not just like, oh, throw that guy out there. He's your will linebacker and he's going to play every snap. If the Patriots are so great at putting these sub packages together and they, they can match personnel and that's why you're so deep on defense. Why not actually, you know, head in that direction instead of just being like, all right, Kyle, you're, you're going to play 80% of the snaps. And then on third and 14, we're going to bring Josh Uche in. Cause that's when he's playing third and plus 10. Right. And it's just foolish. And that's that's the type of stuff for me that drives me crazy. Right. It's just like we in order to build a team that's going to compete next year and the year after that is is that you have to look at you have to look at developing these young guys. Right. These young guys have to play in these spots like that's that's the issue, you know, and we're not playing these young guys enough. And maybe we don't have enough of them. I don't know. Right. But we're not playing them enough. We're scared to do different things. The offensive line is a complete disaster. I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. Why they're not moving guys around? Why they're you know leaving guys in certain spots? Like, they are this week, which will help when we get into the Jets. But they finally did something. Yeah, it seems like on when who's finally going to stay at right tackle, which makes sense. And honestly, I think even if and I say if instead of when, even if Trent Brown comes back, I think he goes to left tackle. Throw him at left tackle because. He sucked at right tackle in, in Oakland or Vegas, where the hell it is. He was great at left tackle oh. with the Patriots in, in 2018, right? Like, so stick him at left tackle, leave on Wendu at right tackle for the rest of the year. And you know what? Isaiah Wynn's been dog poop. So, like, move him inside or, or whatever, or he's the swing tackle. Like, I just, I've had enough. I've had enough of it. Teddy Karras looks good out there. James Ferentz is terrible, but we knew that. We, you know James Ferentz stinks. But you have Shaq Mason. Like, you have right. another guy. Correct. So it's like, you know, once Shaq Mason's healthy, which I think he's going to be healthy this week. So like, so Ferentz is out the field. That's your best five right there. It's easily your best five right there. And then now if you solidify that front in front of him, now all of a sudden you're looking at it saying, okay, we kind of like what we have going on here. And, you know, maybe on one who doesn't play right tackle forever, but who cares where he's playing along the offensive line? He's getting all the reps he needs. And like, he did just fine as a guard after playing right tackle all year last year. So like, it doesn't really matter if he's out there. If he's the best spot you got, he's the best guy you got. What are you, you going to do, you know? And I don't know this for sure, but it seems like he's at his best when it's like, all right, go just just play offensive line because we need you in this spot. It's kind of an emergency situation. Go block that guy. Like when, when they've dumbed it down for him and when they've thrown him in spots, he's been phenomenal, like really, really good. So um, that's one thing. And then mentioning the offensive line, Shaq Mason today, they had him at left guard which I think is great for them because he was a left guard his rookie year when Trey Jackson was on the team. If you guys remember those horrible days, like oh he gosh. was at left guard and he was phenomenal. And then they drafted Tooney and they moved him over. So now you're putting guys in situations where like 
he's more comfortable on the left side and he's going to be able to help whoever on the left side out. That's who they need help with because that's the blind side. So their best guard is on the left. Ted Karras knows every call, everything, so he can help on the right-hand side. So when you start just forgetting about what you did in training camp and putting people like the best five out there, it, it's all going to piece together. I, I think I'm pretty confident, confident in saying like, it's all going to come together in that unit at least. And then you got to hope, you know, maybe the Nelson Aguilar can catch stuff and maybe Nikhil Harry will get open once in a while. Cut him, cut him, cut him, just cut him, cut his ass. I don't want to see, I don't want to see him on the field. I really, I, I'm, I'm all set. I'm done. I don't care. Trade him for a bag of balls, dude. Listen, you traded Stephon Gilmore for a 2023 sixth round pick. You can trade Nikhil Harry for a 2023 seventh round pick. Like I, I just, I'm all set. I'm all set. We don't need don't, him on the team. Like I don't think you're getting anything for Nikhil Harry right now. Maybe not. So so cut it ass. Like I just like what he he has. He's played three games. He has two catches for 19 yards. You're not missing anything. You're really not. Like you're not. Hey, I guess two catches on three targets. He's but we're rocking right, with a great percentage. But yeah, but I mean, but my thing is like he's not even playing. And I guess I right. guess he's like fine in the running game. But if he's on the field, you know they're going to run the ball. So it's almost like. It's like right. when Slater. It's like when Slater used to come in, and it's like, oh, Slater's out there. Okay, I guess they're running. Like it's just you know, you know or what's happening. Or they're going to throw him a, a ninety-yard pass. Like <laughs> Brady's going to cock it back and right. chuck it because he's fast. Right, right. So you know, it's just it's some of that stuff for me where I just I can't I can't do it. I can't do it with him. I'm 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 fed up. I'm just really fed up with that guy. So, uh, and you know, obviously a bust of a pick, but you know, I don't even want to get into that whole that whole thing of it, but. You know, it is it is frustrating. And, of course, like, you know, the narrative comes out, oh, was it Belichick and blah, 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 whatever. Like, I, I might even get into that. But, like, you know, I don't know. Defensively, it's interesting. Like, they need they need cornerback depth. Like, it's almost too bad. C.J. Henderson got traded, right, to the Panthers. Like, they yep. didn't give up much for C.J. Henderson. Like, like a fourth-round – no, fifth-round pick, I think. Right. Like, like they – like – he might have. He would have been a good guy to target. And a, and a you know? player too. I think it was, who's that? Arnold came over. To oh, Dan Arnold. That's right. The, the yeah. backup tight end or whatever. No, those are separate tra- trades, I believe. I yeah, those uh, are. I don't. No, I don't couldn't so. have been. No, I, I, I doubt it. Because so. it was like, I thought they were on the same team for a week or something. I, oh, I, I could be crazy. Like we don't. No, know. it's uh. No, it was it was for him. So it was for a twenty twenty two third round pick. For Henderson in a fifth round pick. So Arnold in a third for Henderson in the fifth. So maybe it was a decent amount to give up. But still, like yeah. it's just, you know, it's um I mean, yeah. but like to go back to the cornerback thing, I think it's promising that they're starting to make moves. Like Miles Bryant got signed to the fifty three. Should have got signed a week ago. Jaylani Tavai should be on the street right now, but whatever. They finally got there. They bring right. in Brian Poole, who <laughs> <laughs> they they uh they bring in Brian Poole who like he's one of those he hurt the Patriots so Belichick probably loves him and he's he's the ultimate feisty slot corner slash linebacker guy so like I think they're they're starting to bring it they know that they need help they know that right. they, they need some depth because they have zero depth um so at least they're starting to make moves because it it could have very well went in the direction of Belichick being stubborn and being like no would. I put this team together and it's good enough and we're going to win yeah. with this team. Like, I mean, the tough part saying. is I feel bad. I don't that I feel bad. I don't want to say I feel bad for him because I don't, but like Jalen Mills, I almost feel bad for Jalen Mills. He got, he came in as Jason McCourty. They wanted him to be Jason McCourty yeah. is what they wanted. Right. They you had Gilmore, you had JC Jackson, you were going to have Jalen Mills to do everything else. And now you trade Stefan Gilmore away. And all of a sudden Jalen Mills is your number two corner 
trying to cover CeeDee Lamb one-on-one. Which is like, he can't do that. He's never been able to do that. And and he would have never been able – he would have never been asked to do that, right? And so it's almost it's like – the Juwan Bentley factor. Like we, like, we keep going back to that. It's, yep. hey, Juwan, you're going to be Dante Hightower. And he was like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> right. thank you. Right, and that's happening to Jalen Mills now. Like, hey, yes. you're J.C. Jackson. He's like, no, right. I'm not. I'm a safety. <laughs> right. I have no idea. Yeah, and so it's so that's the frustrating part is that you you know you're not putting guys in positions for them to be successful, and that's really you've seen that you know time after time, and it's you know it's unfortunate, but that's that's where we're at right now. And listen, if you're if you're the Patriots right now, you have to have uh, look. Okay, let me put it this way. I think they're a tough. They're a team that nobody wants to play right now, right? They're a team that, like, you don't want to play the Patriots because it's going to be a tough game. You're not going to walk in and, and you know, and bully the Patriots and kill them. You're just not going to do that. You know what I mean? Whether they're whether they're competing for a playoff spot or or a team facing them down the stretch is yeah. no one's going to want to play them. And I told you last week when I I predicted a win, they always play up to their competition. Like, they'll, lay, they'll probably lay an egg and look shitty for two quarters on Sunday and still win. But right. like the Chargers in two weeks, like they can win that game. I, I you know what I mean. Chargers aren't right. as good as as I think we I we all showed, would expect. Show this week, too. yeah. First year head coach. I like right. that yeah. matchup. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where I, you know, I just think so. So to me, yes, nobody wants to play them right now, and they can. And as I said, they can play with anyone. Right now, they haven't shown the ability to beat anyone, but they can play with anyone. But they have to now take that next step. You have to now be aggressive. You're going to have to go after those deep shots sometimes. You're going to have to get aggressive on third and fourth down. You know, and here's the frustrating thing, right? The fourth and two at the 50-yard line where they punted, right? And Dallas winds up going down and scoring a touchdown. You had the ball third and one at the 49, and you ran a handoff up the middle to Brandon flipping Bolden. And that's where it's like, come on, man. Like, Ramondre was on the field. Ran it for six yards, caught a three-yard pass. Now it's third and one. You take him out and put in Brandon Bolden and run it up the middle to get stuff for a one-yard loss. And it's like, why are we giving the ball to Brandon? Like, get Brandon Bolden the hell off my goddamn football field. He can play special teams, and that's it. Like, you want him to, like, pass block? Fine. Do not give the ball to Brandon Bolden. Don't do that. You have three running backs that are better than him with the ball in their hands. Three. I mean, another, another you know, look at the We've been dumping time. on him for a long time. Yeah, and he really deserves it. And he I'm, deserves just, it. I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm saying the Patriots in general, um, like a, a lot. Ramondre time. Stevenson is. I mean, he's I'm here. Last week, like, <laughs> yeah, I I think we can all agree. Like, it's time to move yeah. on from the Brandon. He's got he's got pictures or something of like where Belichick can't cut him. Like, he's, <laughs> he, there's no choice there. It's like I'm on your team, and he's like, yeah, you're on my team. I Ramondre Stevenson. If we if we're going to look at the positive side of things he looked great last week like looked phenomenal exactly what we thought he was I mean, we talked about it the day he got drafted pat on the, the yeah. live reaction like the contact balance better hands than you think he's not good in pass protection because he doesn't really know where he's going but don't have him pass protect just have him run routes and be the check down guy and he he did really well at that last week so maybe maybe they're going to start kind of mixing him in and then you mix jj taylor in because there's no reason not to have four running backs on the active roster, especially if one of them's like right. a core special teamer. You, they can't roll with three because Damian Harris is getting ran into the ground. Ramondre Stevenson's – you can't trust him with like 15 carries a game. That's just 
can't happen right now. So maybe they'll start to roll in a couple other running backs and we won't see Brandon Bolden as much. Well, and you look at, you know, look at what the, look at what the Browns do, right. With part of my take says chunt, which I think is hysterical. Cause it's so like, you know, with hunt and Chubb, they're both like you, they're both RB ones. They're both now they're both hurt now, but like, but they're both RB ones. They just split time. Not one guy doesn't have to get 30 carries anymore. Damian Harris can survive with 15 to 20 carries a week, and he can turn that into 100 yards, right? Ramondre Stevenson can can be on the field and get 10 to 15 touches a week. Like, he can do that. You know, maybe it's not even 10 to 15. Maybe it's 8 to 10, right? But still, now you're giving your running backs somewhere between 25 and 30 touches a game, and that is great. But now you're splitting it up between two guys, and like you said, maybe even three, where it's like we don't have to rely on one guy, and that, that leaves Harris fresh. And that mixes it up on defense because you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Like, so those are the things for me that I think they should be doing. I was very, very happy to see the running back rotation against the Cowboys. They went away from it at the end of the game, as I mentioned with Brandon Bolden, but like they literally gave, they gave Harris a drive. Then they gave Ramondre a drive. Then they gave Harris. Like it was awesome. I loved seeing that. Like that's the type of stuff that I want to see them do more of because yeah, like mix them in and out, you know? So they have players like they have players on the team. They can they can do what they can get there. They're still trying to figure out who they are, and I think I think the coaches are trying to figure out who they are. The players are trying to figure out what they're trying to do. Um, but you know, I, we'll see what happens in the long run. But like, this team's got to figure some things out, and hopefully, they can do some of that. Like, try some things out this week. It's the freaking Jets. Like, I know Tennessee just lost to the Jets, but like, you're not gonna lose to the Jets, okay? So like, try some things out this week. See what happens. You know. You want to see Twitter burn to the ground, lose to the Jets at <laughs> oh, home. <laughs> like, lose to the Jets at home and, and watch no one show up to your next home game. Because that's start out, the territory we're heading into. And they'd be 0-5 at home. 0-5 and yeah. at home. All right. I, when you look I, at their I, schedule, I, too, like, there's some winnable games on the stretch, right? Who do they have? You know, they get the Jets, the Chargers. I think that's a winnable game. I know they're going out there. Um then I believe it's third. No, is it Thursday night in Atlanta or is it Tennessee then Atlanta? Um, I know before is, the Bills, they have like four winnable games before the Bills. They've actually got um, a couple. So it's it's Chargers winnable, Panthers winnable, Browns probably not. If Baker's hurt, maybe uh, Falcons on a Thursday night, then Titans. So four out of your next five games, you can win. You know, feasibly. And right. yeah, and you can get to what? What would you be there? If you won. if you win four out of your next five, you're six and five. Like and you go into Buffalo, which I think everybody's kind of on the same page. They'll, they'll get their doors blown off, but it's a divisional game. You know, those things can kind of go anyway. But but uh, I mean, you get the six the and five, five. You're rolling. Yeah, you're rolling, and and you're competing for a spot down the down the stretch, right? Then it becomes like, just a six week season, eight week season, whatever. To to and you got to try to win more than you lose. If you, if you look at it in segments, they can win four out of the next five, and then three of the next five after that. Uh, you know, two against Buffalo, which. I don't think they're winning either. And then they've got Jacksonville, Miami, and the Colts. The Colts, like, yeah, that's also another team that is terrible. So correct. Yeah, you so know, you should win those three games. I mean, if yeah. you look at that and just say, okay, Dolphins should be a win. Jaguars should be a win. Better be a freaking win. The Colts should be a win. There's three right there. Falcons should be a win. There's four. Right. Panthers is close, but Jets should be a win. That's five. And then even the Panthers, let's throw them in there. That's eight. So there's there's that's six. I'm sorry. So that's eight wins, right? So now you're at eight nine, and you know can you turn that Chargers game into a win? Now you're on the road. 
on Halloween, like that's might be a little bit of a tough spot, but the Chargers don't really have any fans. So like you got to think that's going to be mostly Patriots fans going to be almost a home game. Right. So like, so that, you know, could work in their benefit. Maybe they win that game. Right. Then like the Browns, like you said, is Baker still hurt? Like, you know, what's going on there is, is Chubb healthy is Kareem hunt healthy at that point. Right. So like, you know, who are you playing on the Browns? Right. So like, you know, do you have a chance to win that game? And then, so, so now you're like looking at it saying like, okay, we, you know, all of a sudden this team that like wasn't doing anything can all of a sudden now put some things together. It looks bad. It looks bleak. They're two and four. They've played like absolute garbage in a few of these games, but they've also hung with, and, and by the way, here's the other part about when you talk about, we talk about the, um, you know, the playoff hunt, they have four losses. Three of them are to the NFC. So one of the tiebreakers is conference record. They have one loss against the conference. So like that's something else to consider that they've only lost one game to the AFC so far. So like, you know, does that matter now? No, but like it might matter down the road when you're looking at, you know, conference record and the Patriots have a better conference record record than most of the teams with their, with their record, because the majority of the games lost were against the NFC. And so I just want to get this in here. Full (laughs) tuxedos, like funeral attire. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then oh, John yeah. had a good question. You know, who would you guys target or target to trade away in the next week or two before the deadline? Harry, I think we can all agree on. And then a name that's come up for me, like Lawrence Guy. I love Lawrence Guy. Like I love Lawrence yeah, Guy. I think he's a phenomenal football player. But there are so many other teams that would kill to have Lawrence Guy. And, and he's the, I mean his playing time could, has dropped. We could do this. They're they're not they're they're not big trade deadline teams. So when like when do they you know, I mean, I guess the right, the Kyle Van Noy, right, that you you had down the stretch, and like this, like it's also not the like NBA, that, but... <laughs> so like you're not, yeah, or the I know, but I'm saying now. Bill in general, like I, they're not big, like. Well, but I, I do know. think I do think like it could be a situation where with you know with a guy they like didn't Lawrence, moves last year, and I know COVID probably had some sort of impact yeah. to why there wasn't many. They didn't make moves last year. I wouldn't expect any this year because they're they're in a little bit of a like a rebuild type year, yeah. if you want no, to say. And I wouldn't either, but like if somebody approached them and said, hey, you know, we really like Lawrence Guy. I, he's in your rotation. Obviously, you like him, but like we like him a lot. And we'll send you a young corner, right? We'll send you someone young that can help you out. Like that's a situation where they might listen to something like that and say, okay, you know, sure, we'll take, you know, we'll take a player back for Lawrence Guy where he's not going to get as much as much run as a guy that, you know, could maybe help out in the secondary, you know? That came up for me earlier this week because Kansas City is like in desperate need of a run stuffing defensive tackle. And right. that's who he is. So that's that's where it came from. And they've made multiple trades over the last two years. I think they've made three trades over the last four years or something like that. Um, like they're not strangers of doing business with each other. They, right. The Yasir Durant trade was two months ago. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a team like you talk about offensive players who some of them don't really have a spot on that team. Like, they've got offense, we need offense. We've got defense, they need defense. Like, let's make something happen. So that's – it's kind of a dream scenario, but I I just wanted to throw it out there if you guys had any. Yeah. No, that, that's an interesting one. Chase Winovich is another guy that, like, you know – One of the he, 14 special teamers, like, get rid of him. Not, he's just not being used. He's just not they're, not – they're not using him. Like, in his rookie year, he looked great. Rushing, not great, but he looked good rushing the passer. Even last year, you know, he had five and a half sacks. He, like, he played pretty well rushing the passer last year. And now he's just not on the field. He's just never on the field. And so it's like, well, he's, I mean, like, it know. sucks to say it. He's a special teamer. It's what, it's what he is. It's who he is on this right. team. I don't know if he can be anything more anywhere else, but 
two two straight weeks, he's played less than ten percent of the defensive snaps and over sixty percent of the offensive or special team snaps. So like that's a special teamer. He's right. in Justin Bethel te- territory of yeah their usage. So we'll see. A lot of lot of issues, a lot of things that we have to deal with that that the Patriots have to figure out. They just they have to figure it out, right? Like you have to you know rely on the coaching staff to figure it out. And they're young guys too, right? Steve Belichick's a young guy. Mayo's a young guy. Like they got to figure out what they're doing as well, right? And, and then it starts from the top with Belichick, who needs to change his philosophy a little bit, get a little bit more aggressive, and be willing to take some chances that maybe he wouldn't have taken in the past. But you're not good enough to sit back and let those teams not do anything, right? So anyway, so we'll see. We're not even going to preview the Jets because it's the freaking Jets. Like, it's the Jets, okay? Is is Zach Wilson going to throw four interceptions again? Probably not, right? Probably not. But, you know, you never know. I will say, here's what I'll say about them, honestly, long-term. And, and, and you know, we mentioned this kind of already. It's the young guys. We need to figure out these young guys. Continue to develop Kyle Duggar. Continue to develop Christian Barmore. Continue to develop Mac Jones. Continue to develop, you know, Jacoby Myers and, you know, and, and, and Ramondre Stevenson and even Damian Harris. Some of these younger guys that, you know, can be cornerstones for your team moving forward. That's the most important thing that I'm concerned about right now, right? Like, Mac Jones looks great through six weeks. Great. Like, he's, you know, front runner for, for offensive rookie of the year simply because if it's close between a, a quarterback and chance. a – yeah, but if it's close between a quarterback and a wide receiver, I'm just saying far and away. Like, oh no, no, I know, but I'm just saying if it's close between who's a quarterback actually and actually win it is different than who should win it. You're I, right, I, I and that's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's like Jamar Chase. You know, it's it's like uh, what Calvin Johnson winning MVP. Like, never gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. He's a wide receiver. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So, but either way, you know, I think that that's that's the biggest thing about this year. So we'll see. And, and listen, like I say, they beat the Jets, and all of a sudden they're three and four, and you know they go to L.A a game that most people are probably going to expect them to lose. If they win that game, then all of a sudden they're back at 500 and who knows, you know? So, but we shall see. Anyways. uh, All right. So we don't have a, a fantasy football analyst per se. So we're just going to do quick five minutes of fantasy this week. Just the three of us. Uh, I am a fantasy, you know, quote unquote, my buddy's going to be a fantasy guru. (laughs) Bust my balls about it. But, um, but like, you know, so we'll just talk fantasy for just, we'll just do, again, a little five-minute fantasy segment. So I'm going to hit the five-minute button right here. Uh, and as people know, it is Bimageddon this year, uh, this week, I'm sorry, where every single team in the league is on by, it feels like. You got, um, you know, Carolina's on by. No, not Carolina. I'm sorry. That's not, that's false. Um, um, Minnesota's on by. You have, um, who the heck else is it? It's LA is on by. Um, Jacksonville's on the buy. There's like eight different teams that are on buys, and you're just like, oh my god, all these players from all of these teams are all on buys, and it's like, holy crap, there's so many good players. I think the Steelers are on a buy, so it's like, there's a ton of different teams that are on buys that like our team, our players that are really fantasy relevant that you aren't, you're not playing anymore. So we're kind of going deep, real deep into like into sleepers, right? The Ernest Johnson. Was a guy who played in the AAF uh, and and is now starting. Should for I the, start for him the tomorrow over Melvin Gordon because James Robinson's out. J Robs, oh, because J Robs on by Jesus Christ. Uh, Clyde Edwards is on IR and Ceh is on IR. Yeah, bro, you or so or you, Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert, or Khalil Herbert. First I think well, so the see that here's the problem. Khalil Herbert's great, but like, what about Williams? Like Williams might be and back. Tariq Cohen's back too, I believe. 
And so, so now it's like, uh-oh, those with Azabak, are they going to eat into – and Herbert looked great with the ball last week, but, like, will he get the touches that he got last week, right? So yeah. – Yeah, well, yeah, Melvin Gordon might be – so it might be Gordon and Johnson, right? Or do you have another guy? Uh, Jacobs. Oh, okay, you got Jacobs. So there you go. So uh, so let's see, QB streamer from Dark Blue Gold. He says, Bridgewater's banged up. Carr, Donald, Wentz, Tua – uh, Tua's got the Falcons this week. He he played pretty well last week. I wouldn't be surprised if Tua has another good week this week. Um, Sam Donald, I'm not touching with a ten foot stick. Uh, David Car- Derek Carr. The Raiders are interesting because like I thought they were gonna tank after what happened with with uh, what's his name, but like that's wild to me. Like because that's what happens. You fire your coach, especially if players don't like him. You right. rail off like three or four wins. I yeah. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna compete. Yeah. So, and, and this guy seems like he seems like the ultimate, like he's similar, like David color color where he's, we worked yeah. him forever. Right. And, and it's like, you know, he's, he's like, never been he's a head like coach. Or whatever. But the NFL, yeah. like right. he's, right. he was made to be an interim coach and then he's going to get a job and he's going to suck. Like the oh, yeah. going to be terrible. Oh it's, yeah. Well, uh, a la Dan Campbell. I mean, hello, you know, so yeah. like, Right, exactly. Right, so this is you know, but yeah, I I can see Carr playing well again this week because I think Carr has a decent matchup as well this week. They're playing someone not great, are they? Aren't they? Um, so that's that would question. be that's my quarterback because Russell Wilson's finger exploded. So oh, that's right. Oh, they're playing Philly, Pfft, dude. Philly stinks. So, so yeah. So I mean, that's not that's not a bad you know. I would say out of those, I would say Carr or Tua. Like to me, that's where I'd go. And um, you know, and Tua kind of, and that's the thing. So it's not only by Mageddon. Wilson's out still, right? So you're not starting Geno Smith. So it's like now it's like who the hell are we going to play, right? So quarterbacks like Herbert's out, uh, Cousins is out, Watts, uh, Wilson's out. Like you're like, oh, my God, what the hell are we going to do here? Lawrence is out, right? So there's a ton of guys, a ton of good players that that are not available. So, um, you know, and even like Daniel Jones, um, you know, doesn't have like his top like eight weapons for the for the Giants are all hurt. Like it's just you just don't have anyone. Like you know, yeah. so so anyways, it's this week is one of those weeks where it's just like just survive in advance. Like do the absolute, do the uh, do the absolute best you can. And Mac may not be listen. Mac may not be a bad. He may not be a bad pickup. Mac Jones because you know, like I don't know, man. You just you never know with Mac Jones. Like you never know. They might actually come out and throw the ball a little bit against the Jets, right? Try some if things out. If they don't, there's the there's an issue because that that secondary. You talk about a bad yeah. sec- that secondary stinks. We didn't we didn't talk about them, but no. And, and they threw it they threw it all over the field at will against them in their first matchup, but they didn't really throw it downfield very much. They're starting to open up the offense a little bit more. I wouldn't be surprised to see them throw it a little bit more. Six point TDs. I mean, that's that's a decent amount. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm interested. Scott Fishbowl, by the way. Five and one in the Scott Fishbowl. This guy lost week one by 13 points. Freaking Aaron Rodgers scored negative nine week one. If Aaron Rodgers puts up just four points, four, I would have won. I would have won week one, but I'm five and one as I, as I sit there. So I'm playing against a six and oh guy this week. So we shall see what happens, but, um, but it's I, got pretty cool. my, I got my W two weeks ago because the Patrick Mahomes stat correction. On That's the right. Yeah. Against John. I John. John's in the chat right now. Right. I would have lost by 0.2 points. And I, I pulled up the dub. Yep. Big and it was, And it was one of those. Oh, there it is right there. There's the timer. But the, uh, the um, 
the what's called the stat correction was funny because it was it was originally called an aborted snap because it, right. it got snapped back to him. Then he picked it up and fumbled it again, and then they reversed it and said it was actually which it was. It was his fumble. He tried to pick it up and then he fumbled it. You yeah. know. So, but, um, but anyways, yep, yeah, John, brutal loss, brutal loss for sure. So, uh, so anyway, anyways, um, but yeah, so that's what we got. I think that's it, right? We don't have anything else, do we? I mean, for goodness sake, like the, the Red Sox. Who knows? Hey, listen, the Bruins started up, right? Yeah, go Celtics. The Bruins started up. Go Seas. The Bees are playing. The Seas are, uh, are playing, like that, which is good. Jalen Brown had like 15 points in like six minutes earlier. He had, he had 25 <laughs> points in 12 minutes. That's outrageous. That is just outrageous, dude. Shot They're going to light it up. They're going to light it up this year, those two guys. So the two Jays are going to light it up. I'm looking forward to that. So. But anyways, they did. They were getting out rebounded like a billion to one because Grant Williams was the biggest guy on the floor against like a seven foot two guy, and they just had no shot. <laughs> so, yeah. but you know, whatever. What are you gonna do? So, anyways, uh, but that's what we got. Okay, so we'll be back next week. It's Jets week, guys. Like it's the Jets. I mean, what you know, like it's the Jets. Hopefully, we'll be back talking about you know good things and oh, Mac look good and the defense look good and this and that, and we'll be ready for to talk ourselves into a win in LA on on Halloween night, but. Anyways, until then, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for rolling through and uh and we will see you soon.